It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Now is the right time to bring back Padres Social Hour as we await the start of the regular season. Friar Faithful, get ready to sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Now, coming to you from everyone's homes around San Diego and beyond, it's Padres Social Hour with your host, Jesse Agler. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Padres Social Hour. It is Thursday. we got a fun one for you to wrap up the week of shows. Tony Gwynn Jr. will stop by in a little bit. Also, Kyle Mooney of Saturday Night Live, uh, San Diego native Padres fan and a good guy to catch up with. It is Thursday. That means Don and Mud are here. Don, I know your time is very valuable. I know you're a very busy man, so we want to jump right into it today. <laughs> okay. Yeah, very busy. Got a lot going on here. So, yeah, let's get this going. Rolling. Hello, everybody. That's uh, quite a shirt, Mudcat. Thanks, Jesse. Don, good to see you. Yeah, I thought I'd rather than go with the solid blue, green, whatever that I've worn in the past. You know, it, actually, this doesn't look that bad. Actually, it does. How much did that cost? I'm just curious. Um, whatever it was, it was, you got robbed. You know what? There, uh, <laughs> we got we got <laughs> we got the outlet stores out here at uh, Viejas, and um, uh-huh. I went out there and got a good deal on this. So maybe it was uh, maybe an eighteen dollars shirt, maybe uh, seventeen dollars too much. Yeah, uh, probably yes. I would not. No, I don't go, care. I don't care what you think. I love it. I think it's I, great. I would not go near any lit candles because you will be like a human inferno. Hundred percent cotton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, can you prove that before the end of the show? I, I, yeah, I can. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. you, well, you undress. He says, but he gets, he, he went to the outlets if he has, it was actually, but he bought it out of the back of a car of some guy in a parking lot. Guy in a van. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't part of one of the stores. He did it on his own. Yeah. Some guy in a van riding around Alpine. Hey, you got, you got more of those? <laughs> I bought some steaks. Some yeah, the one, with the, the one with the birds on them. Yeah, yeah. And the ocean. <laughs> the guy sells watches. Oh yeah, everything. Steaks. He's got it all. <laughs> Knife set. Nineteen ninety nine. Uh, turn my shirt. Uh, let's see. Garment inside yeah. out. Machine wash. Uh, made from recycled. Polyester. <laughs> uh, I'll get to it later. I don't know. Yeah. That yeah. Is a dad you I'm a dad. It. You saw it. You're a liar. Uh, no, seriously. Yeah. No, you, you didn't see it? Well, didn't see what? The, the actual uh, uh, components of the shirt. No, maybe it's – I'll check behind my neck. Uh, behind you know, the, you help? If, you, if you don't want to take the shirt off, we understand. But maybe no, 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 no. This is a family show. Yeah, no one wants to see that, Jesse. No, I don't. I don't want to see it. Quadex, <laughs> there it is. That is accurate. Oh gosh, it doesn't say. I mean, it looked pretty crossed up. I got to tell you, it's not cotton. I, I'm very confident it's not cotton. I'm I'm almost sure it is. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into it. We'll we'll eventually maybe you know we got two taped interviews, Mud. During one of those, you can disrobe. Yes. Check the tag. Yeah, check it I out. can do that. The shirt back and on. Take a picture, please, because I'm not gonna believe whatever it is you're okay. reporting. Hundred <laughs> percent polyester. <laughs> as a as a reminder, Mud does know this stuff because you might not know this. He worked in retail. I he worked might. retail. I always yes, forget. And that. I would not be caught selling that shirt that Orsillo's wearing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <sighs> what is wrong with my polo? Do they make that in men's? They do. <laughs> do they? I've wow. said this before on this show. I mean, uh, say but, anything dressed like that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jeff. No, no, no. I just the, the beauty there. The beauty of this <laughs> is that had the three of us walked into a room, like had we all gone to Don's for dinner tonight, 
Uh, like this is exactly how the conversation would have gone for the first 10 minutes. It's no different than this. Hey, remember the time in Baltimore? Don set it up to his like, oh, I know people here in Baltimore. We go to this restaurant in Little Italy. I think it was Little Italy, Jesse. I don't think they call it that, but yeah. But it's an Italian restaurant in yeah. Baltimore, and Don knows people. And like, oh, they're be five thirty. They're picking us up in the lobby. <laughs> so, so anyway, you remember it, Orsillo? Don't give me I that. I do, look. and they did. Yeah, yeah. I know. good. So, like, go ahead. No, but the thing is, we remember everybody's dressed. You two are done in the lobby, and I show up knotted up in a coat and jacket and a tie. And Don's like, yeah. You're not going. I go, Oh, yeah, I'm a big leaguer, professional, uh, going to dinner. I'm wearing a tie. And you said, yeah. Go change, go take the tie. I said, No. I remember. If, we took a picture of it, Jesse. Yeah, I'm looking for the picture now. I, I got it somewhere. But the the idea basically was that Don said, You know, hey, it's a nice restaurant, look yeah. nice. And so Mud was offended by the suggestion. And so he nodded up. Here, here's what it was. I was concerned that he would show up as he is currently right now. That's exactly you know, what I thought he'd wear. And you, I'm like, you know, it, it, it's uh, yeah, kind of a see, nice place. That, they're, that's, they're an insult, a, that's an insult they're, to me, they're, knowing they're, that we're going to go to a nice restaurant. You think that I would show up something like this? Well, well they're booked and they're they're making a table for us. They're creating a table for us. It'd be kind of, you know, be, just don't be you. That's I would all do, I wanted. That's I all I want. <laughs> don't be you. <laughs> Here's the picture. For like one night. Be yeah, here it is. And that was it. It was, I, you know, just a collared shirt was all I was thinking. Really? Just collared. That's all I was hoping for. I, you know what? That, that's all I, I, was, I was there for you. I didn't want to embarrass you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted people, when, when we walked in, yeah. I wanted yeah. to say, boy, Don Orsillo really, you know, keeps himself yeah. a good company there. Uh-huh. There we are. Yeah. Yeah. And you basically said. And you in an open collar striped <laughs> shirt that looks like a fifth grader's wearing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just. That was a great meal, by the way. It was really good. Right. And did they not pick us up? And did they not take us back? That was big league. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, that was last summer, I think, in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was last year. Here we go. We'll jump right into it. Four years ago today, uh, we all remember where we were. You might not remember it off the top of your head, but when I tell you what happens, you'll certainly remember where you were. Uh, this is a moment in Padre history that I think is very, very significant, and we feel very differently about it today uh, than we did when it happened. When it happened, it was not great. You didn't feel good about it. Now, and we'll explain why in a moment, you feel a lot better about it. Uh, normally, of course, we would use Don's call of something like this or Ted's call of something like this. Uh, but Gary Cohen, a longtime voice of the Mets uh, on radio now, television, he absolutely lost his mind. So we're going we're gonna to use the, the Mets television call, SNY, James Shields and Bartolo Colon. Cologne looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up in. Back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The impossible has happened. His first career home run. And there will be nobody in the dugout to greet him. This is one of the great moments in the history of baseball. Bartolo Colon has gone deep. One of the great moments in the history of baseball <laughs> is how Gary put it there. It didn't feel that way for us, obviously, uh, no. Don, but wow. I downplayed it. I mean, it was ho-hum. There's a home run and it just gets out of here barely. I mean, it was like really <laughs> nothing to see here thing. But I mean, it's amazing to me. That's his first home run because uh, I was around him one season and he I, the swings that came from this man were unbelievable. I mean, he does not get cheated on a swing, but rarely did he make contact. But you got to figure he would run into one eventually with as long as his career was. Uh, and he finally did. But it's amazing. That is his only home run and his first. And off James Shields. How about that? Um, here comes Coco. James Shields, uh, he was probably sitting on the changeup because that's all he threw, right? His fastball is, what, 86, 87 miles an hour. And Bartolo Colon, I love the big sexy. I love him a lot. I think he's a great athlete. Don't let his physique fool you. Sure, he had some major LBs there. In fact, I hope that the shirts he does not wear, he can send to me. I would love to wear them because I think they'd they'd fit quite nicely. But uh, look at the reaction. I think that goes to show you guys also – I've always heard nice things about Bartolo Colon being a good teammate, and I think that's reflected right there, the way they get him. Everybody left? Oh, I, I, oh my gosh. I just love – I love to watch the guy pitch. Um, I, I just – I'm just a big fan. Big fan. So that, that was this date in 2016. Now, 
obviously the the positive turnaround from a Padre perspective is that I don't know it's fair to say you could draw a straight line from that moment to the Fernando Tatis Jr. trade, but there's certainly a connection. And, and that, I think, is why we can look at that moment a lot more lightheartedly now than we could at the time. It felt embarrassing at the time, you know, I think for a lot of fans. And Shields wasn't happy about it. He didn't want to talk about it after that game. He did later in the week kind of apologize for that and go back to addressing it and, and having the conversation. But he was bummed out about it. He was upset about it. But from like a big picture Padre perspective, Don, again, I don't necessarily want to go so far as to say that if that doesn't happen, the Shields Tatis trade doesn't occur. But it certainly is all part of the story. It is. And really, it was that whole year for James Shields. I mean, he had had so much success at the major league level in his career uh, in the postseason as well. And then it's just the home run bug got him in a big way and it carried with him to Chicago, as it turned out, in that deal. So uh, it, it, it kind of signified the end of his career also, as it turned out. He just wasn't the same pitcher, was not having the same kind of success. And uh, that really that was the exclamation point really on his career, though, in San Diego, unfortunately. The one thing that sticks out to me about uh, James Shields is that it was a point in his career, like Don mentioned, he was throwing a lot of change. There wasn't a lot of differential between his fastball and his changeup. So he was really out there trying to trick these hitters. And when Bartolo Colon gets that bat going and gets that weight into it, I mean, there's going to be some damage done. And uh, he just left the ball up in the zone quite a bit. But as a pitcher, as a pitcher, that's one of the worst nightmares you could ever imagine is giving up. Now, I, I, I don't want to take that back, but there are a few handful of guys out there through the course of history of Major League Baseball pitchers that can really, really hit. Now, if you give up a home run to Don Robinson, I'm kind of dating myself back with the Pirates, Giants, Caveman could hit. Don Robinson was the better pitchers, uh, hitting pitchers in baseball. But uh, as a pitcher, don't want to give up a home run to a, to a, uh, a pitcher as well. So Yeah, and a, and a 40-year-old guy who is yes. not necessarily looked at as like the world's greatest athlete or anything like that. It's not Madison Bumgarner in his prime when he might yeah. hit three or four in a season or something like that. But I still think that trade's going to happen, even though, I mean, you know, you, you posed the question, Jesse. You know, the White Sox were in – they wanted a veteran guy. And uh, I remember when that trade was made, I had friends in Chicago texting me, hey, what's this guy going to bring? What's it? Well, I said, well, you know, it's going to be – it's going to be – it's going to be flip a coin. I got to be quite honest with you. And that's exactly what it was. After a few starts there with the White Sox guys, and I'm kind of looking at his numbers right here, but uh, he was four and twelve hey, hey, in 2016, and then five and seven had an ERA almost seven with the pale hose. So how hey, many home runs did he give up though that year too? There were quite a few of them uh, with the White Sox, Donnie, or actually both. Right yeah, here. he gave up uh, ooh, 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 thirty-one. Yeah, yeah. I and think 114 that innings, and maybe more the year before. Yeah. I think it may have been 34 the year before. He gave up a lot. Oh, my goodness gracious. He gave up 33 with the Padres in 2015. Four, he gave up 40 total on the year in 2016. Yeah, yeah that was the year of the trade. Combined, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? Here comes Coco. There goes Shields. And sorry about Tatis being a Padre. Not too worried about it, obviously, enjoying that very much. But, yeah, I mean, one of those guys who had a really, really good career. Um, and it, it gets a little bit overshadowed in certain circles, not just the Cologne homer, but as you mentioned, kind of the struggles uh, the last couple of years. It happens, you know, to guys. It, it does. But he had a great career, pitched a lot of big games and important games, yeah. uh, particularly in Tampa. But, uh, anyway, that was on this date in 2016. Uh, if you've been with us uh, pretty regularly on the show, you know all about uh, KBO baseball having returned in South Korea, our adopted team, the KT Wiz. Not good, man. Out of, out of the gates, 0-3. They got swept by the team that finished in last place last year. So you don't, you don't feel great about that. Who's their manager? Is he on the hot seat? But he should be on the hot seat. I don't know. Right out of the gate. 0-3 <laughs> yeah. and you want him out, Jesse. That's tough. I don't know about that. They were outscored uh, in the three games against uh, the Lotte Giants, 23-9. to uh, Last night, they had a 3-1 lead going to the seventh inning. Uh, but the Giants scored six times off of three different relievers in the final three innings. Uh, bright spot at the plate, Mel Rojas Jr., his dad, the longtime expo, was three for four with a double. Uh, he's a, a star player for them in the outfield. And now it's uh, up to Seoul uh, to take on uh, the uh, defending champions, the six-time champions, the Doosan Bears, kind of the Yankees of the KBO. That series begins at 2.30 this morning. So uh, we'll, we'll see how they can do in their second series. But it, it, look, hey, I don't care where you're playing or what sport it is. You don't want to start 0-3, mm-hmm. Mudcat. It's not how you get the thing rolling. No, a lot of pressure with each individual game because after the 0-3, you think, okay, we better win tonight. Next thing you know, you're down in the first, down in the third. Okay, now you're 0-5. Now the manager starts getting uh, all beat up in the press. Uh, been on many teams like that. And one of the reasons, why? Uh, the one thing I noticed about, was the second base umpire wearing a mask? 
I, I saw I saw him wearing a mask. A lot of them are, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. But uh, the one thing, you know, I, I look at the Pacific Rim and I look at, you know, being a player over in Taiwan. The one thing I really loved is that they had the patent leather belts. When we talk attire, they had the patent leather spikes. I mean, the 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 belts were awesome. The And I know here in the big leagues, you get your uniforms tailor-made and stuff, but you can get your uniforms over there tailor-made and they had the sweet jackets and just the whole look was really, really cool. So it, it was big league. It was really big league. Speaking of sweet jackets, we'll see some 1989 Mark Grant coming up uh, in a little bit on the show. We'll talk all about that. Uh, one thing that that popped from watching these games the last few days at Doosan Stadium, which is the, the home of the Wiz, uh, the Cespedes family barbecue guys caught this. I hadn't even noticed it, honestly. Really cool, though, uh, feature of the ballpark. We talk about our favorite ballparks and the different things we like all about them. They have a giant slide in oh. right field that makes Bernie Brewer's thing looks like it uh, belongs at, at a kid's playground. And this thing's unbelievable. It's apparently a water slide, too. It looks like a large intestine. <laughs> That's fun. I'm getting on that. I'm right. I'm like, I'm like buying a ticket for the whole game and just punch my ticket for the all nine innings. So I did some reading about it. They added this a couple of years ago. It's a water slide. So it's mostly for, you know, the hot months during the summer. And they got, you saw the cheerleaders have like water guns, super soakers. They come around to try and cool the fans off. Uh, the water slide is there. It's open even when there's not games for people to just come and cool off in Suwon. And then the, the best thing I read, and this is the kind of stuff we got to get going at Petco, is that uh, for, for the people who aren't really in range of the water cannons that they have installed there, mm-hmm. there are drones that come around and dump water on people in the crowd. <laughs> well, you know, if I can jump in here real quickly, um, I'm going back to the days of my youth because I remember hanging out at old, old Comiskey Park. And Bill Veck was the owner of the, the ball club back in the day. And he was he was a carnival guy. I mean, he liked to, you know, have stuff that's unique at the ballpark. And when, when Petco was being built, they had everybody, you know, Larry Lucchino and the group, they would take suggestions from everybody. Bill Veck out in center field had one of those big sunflower chain pull showers. And you would go out. The line would be 30, 40, 50 deep. And you just walk under there, and it's a hot day in Chicago. It's humid, and you're in shorts and flip-flops or a T-shirt. And you, you douse yourself to cool off. I think that would be really cool at Petco Park to have something out in the outfield for, you know, the kids, for, you know, even adults. You're, it's a hot day. Go out there and take a quick shower to to, uh, to cool off. I think that's really cool. Some kind of water feature. Yeah. Maybe you guys could do a game from there. That'd be cool. Donnie? Sure. We've done a few from uh, the outfield already, so we can do that. Yeah. Like that. A little splash pad, something like that. And you could probably use a shower. <laughs> That's great. He could do his laundry all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You, you I can put on a clinic on how to wash your shirts like when you're on the road. My only advice would be to you is to use soap. Soap. Yeah. Detergent and so uh, yeah. yeah. yep. there it is. Oh, here we go. That's the dirty. There's the dirty clothes right there. Oh, yep. There are the shoes all lined up. I got my uh Pugsley uh t-shirts, Pugsley Adams. And after the wash and uh rinse, oh there yeah, you gotta clip the nails too. <laughs> Hey, I'm curious though, what soap do they provide that you use in the room to do that? Because you do use soap, uh, right? Yeah, bar bar soap or shampoo. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's it cleans. Uh-huh. Yeah. I figure if you can use That's it on your hair, you can use it on clothes. <laughs> it says so right there on the bottom. Yeah. This <laughs> is not only for head use, but also for clothes. And this is the drying that we're seeing here. Yeah, this, this see my cap too, got all. My cap got all sweaty too from walking, so I, I rinsed that out and let it dry. It's quite a system. Mm-hmm. Works for you. Yeah, it does. All right. One of the uh, fun things we've been doing on these Thursday shows is the Friar Fan Spotlight. Uh, Major Garrett last week from CBS News. A couple weeks ago, our friend Ryan Cohen. Uh, today, it is Kyle Mooney of Saturday Night Live. He joined the cast of that show back in 2014. San Diego native, born, raised, and all that stuff. I had a great opportunity to catch up with him this afternoon. Talk some ball and also some SNL. Well, Kyle, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, I know a lot of uh, folks, obviously, here in San Diego are Kyle Mooney fans, and uh, it's always cool when a, a hometown kid goes big, and you've certainly done that on Saturday Night Live. How is uh, quarantine life going for you? Where, where are you at, and, and how are you handling things? Uh, well, thank, first of all, thank you for the sweet things you said. That's very nice of you. Um, I'm in L.A. Uh, I didn't imagine I'd be here. Typically, I would be in New York shooting the sh- shooting SNL. Um, but it's going okay. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, I'm getting some work done. I'm drinking 
more wine than I, than I would have, which is maybe a problem, but, uh, but I feel relatively okay. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm keeping good thoughts for everybody during this period. Uh, the, the shows have really been remarkable. The SNL at home shows. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, still producing new stuff, uh, even with everybody kind of dispersed all, all over the place, but let's, let's start at home. What was life like for you growing up, uh, in San Diego? San Diego, baby. I love it. Uh, I, I was born and raised in San Diego, Scripps Ranch specifically. I went to Scripps Ranch High. So if there are any Falcons watching, you guys are great. Um, I love San Diego. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else I can say about San Diego that hasn't been said before. Like the, the Mexican food, the beer, the, the waves, the, the wonderful people. Um, I had a wonderful childhood and I get psyched to go back any chance I can. I typically, I come back to LA a lot. So I typically take, um, the surf liner down. My, 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 uh, parents are there in San Diego. So, um, I, I'm just bummed right now that I can't go down and I, you know, I wish I could. Yeah. I, I hesitate to ask you this question and to force you to wade into what is a furious debate on Padre's Twitter. But I've asked a couple of people. It just popped into my mind now as you were kind of talking about it. Poway, do you consider it East County or Inland North County? And please be careful with your answer. Feel free not to answer if you don't want to uh, get yourself uh, into this. I, I, I know. I don't. I feel like I don't want to touch this. I'll, <laughs> but I'll say that I've spent many a fun night at the Poway Bowl and the bar within Poway Bowl is fun is a fun one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Jimmy Z, maybe? Jimmy okay. So I love Poway. You guys decide for yourselves where it lies. I'm not going to make that decision for you. That's uh, that's an excellent job staying out of it. Um, in terms of, of sports growing up, baseball, Padres, that kind of stuff, how, how involved uh, what, were you in that? How much of a part of your life was that growing up? Uh, I was big into baseball growing up. Um, I weirdly got into baseball pretty heavily, like in around 94, 95, which was the right after the strike happened. There was a strike in, in Major League Baseball, and that was the year that was cut short. Tony Gwynn ended the year with like a 394 average. Uh, but that's when I started getting into baseball, and I was playing Little League, and I was collecting baseball cards. But it was a really good time to be a Padre fan because, you know, kind of led up to that. 98 team and so i've got a lot of fond memories of going there my father's been like a, a ticket holder for a very long time so just big big into baseball kind of as my interests sort of diverged a bit i i probably don't follow as much as i i would like to now but uh but i always have a such a warm place in my heart for the, the team and the sport itself are, are sports a big conversation like around the office when, of course, people are actually there, you know, at Saturday Night Live? I mean, is it, you know, people obviously from all different parts of the country, all different backgrounds. Uh, is, is that ever a, a big part of the chatter? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, SNL is such a high stress job. And so any distraction is a good distraction. And certainly there are people who are following athletics more than others. But, you know, we'll yes, we'll have like a. March Madness bracket. Everybody gets into it in their own way, but pretty much any distraction is is cool when you're working on sort of like a high pressure job like that. I would imagine. These I'm shows, just, as as I kind of alluded to, I think have been remarkable. Um, you sorry, guys, I didn't I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm just noticing this flipped mattress behind me. I, I was going to ask, but then I figured, you know, that's your life. That's <laughs> this is kind of like the Poway thing. We just don't talk about it, okay? No, uh, I, this is. Are you actually? This, this might actually that. lead into. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I apologize for talking to no. you. But maybe this is a lead into what you're talking about. This is kind of my makeshift studio for the SNL at home stuff. But please go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. No, so it's it's soundproofing then. Something. It's 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 more just a space for this light. I'm sorry, but the boxes I can't. I don't have uh, an excuse <laughs> for. But yeah, we had a. This was kind of the. We recently moved into this house and this was the, the, the office, but I've not moved anything in here and I've put in a green screen and we're doing, I'm doing the best I can. 
Well, I think that's that's kind of the cool thing about all of this is like, first of all, everybody has turned into a content creator, it, it feels like, which is funny. I, I can only imagine owning a stock in the company that makes these lights that we all have now. But sure. uh, it's like, you know, everybody's trying. And I think that's what's so great about the show right now, too, is Saturday Night Live for the first 40 whatever years was a, a pretty solid thing. You knew it was live. It was at, you know, Rockefeller Center. Everybody kind of had an understanding of what was coming every night. That's been flipped upside down like the rest of the world as of late. And you guys have still managed to put on really, really good shows what has the experience been like having to do everything at home? Uh, that's so nice of you to say. It's been it's been cool. I mean, like, uh, I guess I feel fortunate in the sense that I kind of came from making internet videos before I even got on the show. So, like, I have some of that know-how in terms of producing stuff for yourself, but it's still a major learning curve. Like, you know, we're typically, when we produce stuff on the show, if it's a digital piece, a video piece, you know, we have a... a crew the size of what you would have like i feel like to shoot almost like a tv show its own tv show uh so just producing that stuff on your own obviously is is difficult and something that not all of us were necessarily built to do but um it's been cool and it's i think it's also like allowed for weird and different things to get on the show and also it's it's fun just the amount of effort that all of our uh significant others and loved ones and roommates are, are putting forth in terms of holding cameras and uh, trying to make us look as good as we can. Kids too. I've seen kids in yep. lots of kids. One of Mikey day's child, I think is getting more airtime than me right now. <laughs> uh, we won't, we won't, we'll make sure nobody sees that complaint. Um, <laughs> the show, I, I not to go fanboy on you, but I mean, I I've missed probably a handful of episodes since I discovered it as like a seven-year-old or whatever. Uh, tell us about a normal week on Saturday Night Live, because I think it's one of the most fascinating things that happens in, in all of entertainment, uh, that all of these incredibly talented people come together. Uh, they write a huge amount of material. It gets whacked at and whacked at and whacked at. And then all of a sudden we have 90 minutes of live controlled chaos, I guess would be a fair way to describe it, at least from my perspective on Saturday night. You know, let's say you're doing shows back to back weeks. When does the week begin? I guess, is it as soon as the, the previous one ends? Yeah, well, we have Sunday off, so okay. uh, that's kind of a respite for some of us. I, I, I like to take advantage of my Sunday and, like, uh, do some very New Yorkish activity or go to a bar or hang with friends. But some people will just sleep in until, like, you know, 5 p.m., and that'll be their day because of the, the rest they need for the because of the week that just occurred. Uh, but to walk you through it very quickly... Yeah. Monday, we just have a brief meeting where we uh, pitch pitch an idea to the host. Um, and we're only there at the studio for like two hours. Tuesday is kind of the first intense day. That's where everybody writes and they stay overnight. And sometimes you sleep, you sleep at the office. Sometimes you're out at like 5 a.m. or something like that. And then Wednesday, we read through all the sketches that were written. And then they choose which sketches will go to the dress rehearsal we then block on Thursday and Friday and also shoot any other video pieces that, that'll be in the show. Uh, and then Saturday, we run through the show twice, including a dress rehearsal before the live show. Um, but yeah, the, just all that happened, so many things happen within such a short period of time. And uh, also you fall in love with these pieces that you're working on. And then at, 10 45 at night you're you're just finding out that it's not going to go or even at like 10 to 1 a.m right before the show ends you're like oh they're not going to do uh, doc doctor monkey doctors um so there's there's that element there it's just kind of constantly being on your feet uh is is one of the most intense parts of it yeah, it's, it's an incredible thing. Like I said, uh, that's a normal week. And now, of course, dealing with all kinds of uh, further insanity with everybody piecing everything together at home. Uh, coming up, of course, uh, this Saturday night season finale. Not what anybody envisioned. Uh, but again, not to throw too many compliments your way. I think it's it's really been incredible what you guys have done. When did, when did being on the show become like a realistic goal for you? Um, I mean, like, to be totally honest, it's not it's I think for most for mostly anybody in comedy it's such a behemoth and such an icon and something that um so many people would love to be a part of uh, i think for me i i didn't think it was realistic um and 
I kind of, I touched on it earlier, but I came, I went to USC and I met some friends and we started making internet videos and we were kind of going towards the idea of like, let's try to get our own show on the air or just see what we can build with like an online audience. Um, so I feel very blessed to be a part of the show because it, it just felt impossible. You know what I mean? And I mean, to, uh, you know, all of the awesome people that have been involved in the show. It's just, it's, um, it's humbling to be, a, to be in the same, I don't even want to say I'm in the same breath, but categorized together in some way or another. Well, you are, man. Uh, you, you made it onto that show, which, as you said, everybody in comedy wants to be involved in some way, shape or form. And uh, and you have done that uh, for many years now. Congratulations on that. Keep kicking butt. Uh, like I said, it's always so cool to have, you know, hometown connection, uh, particularly, I think, for a community like ours, which is a, as tight knit as it is. And to be able to hear Padre stories and SNL stories from somebody is, is rather rare. So uh, thanks for taking a few minutes for us and uh, allowing the folks here in San Diego to see your face in a little bit of a different way than uh, we're used to on Saturday nights and, and continue to stay healthy, man. Thank you again. Yes, you too. Absolutely. Uh, stay safe, everybody in San Diego. And uh, I'm excited for the Padres to come back. Uh, you take care of yourself too. Thanks, man. All right, Kyle Mooney, Saturday Night Live, final show of the year coming up, uh, 11.30, of course, Saturday night on NBC. Bring back Don and Mud. Uh, the, the, I, I screwed up big time. There was one thing I wanted to talk to him about that I forgot to. So it, people at home can't see it, but we can all see it, guys. Like when you, when you log into this thing where we do the show, you type your name, right? So for instance, Don is Don in all caps. Uh, Mark, you put Mud. I put my initials today. Kyle logs into the thing earlier and said, Kyle, exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i think you're the is off the air like I, said, I think you're the most excited guest we've ever had like with the exclamation point and i wanted to get into that conversation but I, I forgot to have it with him but thanks to him for for coming on that's cool man but you guys work in television what they put together is unlike anything else i mean it's absolutely insane I can't even imagine what that is like. I mean, it's so much fun to watch him like you and watching it since I was a kid. But uh, I mean, to be he's right. I mean, you've reached that. You know, you've made it uh, when you've got Saturday Night Live and then uh, you jump from there. I mean, you think of all the people that have gone through there, have gone on to major acting careers and uh, superstars over the years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is a tall task. And the, and the fact that it's live and all that stuff takes place and uh, they're they're cutting things as things are going. Uh, I mean, it's just it's got to be chaotic. I mean, it's got to be really crazy i would love to be in the room that whole week for the sit down for the read through for the hacking of the bits i am just truly amazed i grew up i remember the first time watching saturday night live and it was the chevy chase it was the not ready for primetime players uh chevy chase believe it or not was he was only on one or two years one or two seasons well i think it was maybe even one but everybody thinks that chevy chase was around for a long long time he was not in uh, the inner fighting that went on between cast members and how I think he was he and Dan Aykroyd, uh, somebody had a fight right. Be- I mean, it's live TV. Hey, 10, 9, hey, we're hot in 5, and they're going at it behind stage. Uh, I would love to go to Studio 8H one time. I would love to stand on that stage. Um, I would love to make a cameo appearance on SNL. I mean, it, to me, it's like it's part of my childhood growing up. It's part of my life, and uh, I, I love – how what they do as far as acting and getting ready for that and live tv it's just it's phenomenal you'd be good on that show by the way i, I i've always said that I, you, you've got acting chops i don't know how people realize that well i don't know yeah you act like a nice guy all the time it's very good, <laughs> good. did you see yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah have you ever been to stu- have you ever been to studio 8h donnie or, or jesse I have never no no no, no. I I it's a really hard it's a really hard ticket to get right yeah yeah it's not uh, really that's the thing. Like, it's deceiving it only seats like what 30, 40 people? Something. I, I know it's small. I don't know yeah. the number, but it's yeah, really, you're definitely really in range there with yeah. We know a guy. I mean, maybe someday, you know, we'll, we'll be able to do that. But uh, really cool. So thanks to, to Kyle for hopping on and talking about that. And uh, yeah, good stuff. Saturday Night Live. It's cool what they've been doing. Um, Going to do our, our Padres memorable Jack of the week. And by the way, an opportunity uh, to win something. So listen very closely coming up in just a moment. But first, we take you back to game one of the 1998 World Series. Oh, doctor! Set to Tony, fastball high, deep right field, throw the right field foul ball, and that's there, it's gone, and it is going and gone. Home run, Anthony Keith Quinn, 4-2 Padres. 
mobile app and with delivery. One lucky fan who checks in with us on social media during tonight's show will win a Jack Cash card. So let us know if you are watching. Mud, that's just for you. You are not eligible to win the card, Mudcat. Ah, darn it. Have you gone back to talk to your guy lately at Jack in the Box? Mario, uh, I've been there maybe a handful of times. Okay. Since the okay. last time, yes. And I ran across him uh, once, and he remembered. We had a little chat, and Mario's awesome. So I hope Mar- Mario's watching. Just slap some cheese on there? Slap some cheese on that thing, Mario. Why not? I didn't come all this way to play it safe. <laughs> that's one of the great moments in mark grant history uh last year when you went through the drive through a jack-in-the-box and, oh isn't and that great Mario. i've got that going for him. yeah i can, you know, I can hear don i can hear don at my eulogy you know one of the best times in mud's life you know he accomplished quite a bit but the one thing that really sticks out is that he went through the drive through a jack-in-the-box and asked him to slap some cheese on it we Let have talked pray. about this when let this, us pray when, when this ever happens it's going to be a struggle for me i, I don't know what i'm going to say <laughs> I, I, it's like this is another uh, bit. This is another bit. Don and I go like we're sitting in the booth. Like, oh, hey, Donnie, let's say I get hit by a bus tomorrow. Right. Okay. Like, and you know, uh, I, you're on the list. To, you know, for my eulogy, I've told Mary. I said these are I the know. people I want. But Donnie, what are you going to say? Uh, he he was a guy, <laughs> uh, a guy uh, at work. Um, <laughs> I I worked with him. <laughs> um, he he pitched. Supposedly, supposedly, um, he, he, he did, uh, he was drafted, uh, 10th overall, uh, first round draft choice. And, uh, he, he's a guy, uh, who uh, he was from Joliet, Illinois. Uh, and then something will come to me, I'm sure at that point, And then it will just, you'll riff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope I go first. I really do. Uh, anyone have a tissue? <laughs> I hope I go first. Because uh, I, I haven't got much. Uh, well, if you go later, you know, you can do the thing where Jimmy stole my story. You know, right. I, yeah, I'm like fifth in line at this thing. I mean, yeah. That I mean, actually pretty, pretty funny. Kind of like check things off. Bill said uh, that. Tom said that. Craig said a, that. He's a guy. I keep going back to he's a guy. <clears throat> guy that you know a work friend <laughs> a guy at work very nice he's a guy and he's a work. <sighs> uh for for members of the new york mets organization uh j-lo will not be a guy at work a-rod will not be a guy at work uh, there were reports uh, i don't know a month or so ago that they were uh interested in purchasing uh the new york mets or at least leading a group uh that would purchase the new york mets uh today uh the new report says that will not be happening at least now Obviously, it's kind of a weird time with, with everything going on in terms of uh, the virus and the economy and the impact that's having on sports uh, to try and make a transaction of that size. But apparently they're saying they are out. Uh, Mudcat, as a player, what do you think it would be like playing on a team that has like that level of celebrity in the ownership suite? Well, the, uh, the spotlight would probably be on them most of the time, unless you're a player doing something on the field, uh, you know, big time free agent, whatever. Yeah, the spotlight would be on you. But I tell you what, especially being in New York, I mean, my goodness, they'd be on the back page of the the sports section all the time. And one of the reasons why I would like to see this happen is just because of the headlines of the New York Post. Um, I think that would be outstanding. I think it would work in a way, in a good way, to where if you had a player like A-Rod and he was the owner, one of the owners of the Mets, he knows what players go through and knows what the baseball life is like and what it's like to – to, uh, to be in the big league. So f- from an owner's standpoint, I think that would be a good thing as far as if you were like uh, a player for that New York Mets team. Donnie, what do you think? I think we found out a little bit about, you know, what that's like with Jeter and with the Marlins and, and how that's gone, you know, so far off to a rough start to begin things. I think, you know, with now we're not playing baseball, so it's tough to tell which direction they were going in. But uh, it, I think it was a pretty tough experience for Jeter. I mean, just not used to not having success. So, uh, you know, I think that's sort of the, the blueprint for what this would have been. But it sounds like it's not going to happen anyway. Mud mentioned the New York papers. Can you imagine having Jeter and A-Rod in the same division that they would have with that? (laughs) You know, so many good headlines. I remember, remember A-Rod's final game at Yankee Stadium and it rained? Okay. Remember, it was a shortened game. I think it was rain. I've got the headline right. I've got the post right here, I think. It's funny you brought this up because I saved certain. You really just had this. Here it is. Seriously. I did not know this was happening. 
New York Post, raining. <laughs> God hates A Rod. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I, I saved another one back in the day. It was Jerry Manuel. It was Jerry Manuel back. They, they superimposed a knife in his hand and he was backstabbing Willie Randolph on the wow. bench. Yeah. Wow. Because was, the fact that you just pulled that out in two yeah. seconds. Isn't that funny? It's right in my desk here. I've got some things. Oh, look. Oh, this is sweet. God bless his soul. KT. I saved a KT article. Very nice. When he passed away. Let's do another one. What else you got in there? Uh, Your glasses in there? Glasses are in there. Oh, here's one. Here's another one. Oh, here it is. There you go. Jerry Manuel stabbed in the back. Uh, Pals say Willie felt betrayed by Manuel. Look at wow. Jerry. They superimposed a knife in his hand on in the Mets dugout. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to play in New York, huh? So do you get the New York Post delivered to your house in Alpine? No, when we, no, when we were when we were in New York, uh, I just I, uh, I put them in my briefcase. Okay, and you know it, it's for reasons like this. You know, you think at the time. Am I going to really need this? But it's it's times like this where this is the perfect timing, Jesse. And I did not know we were going to talk about that. That's unbelievable. No, I mean, you obviously you thought, hey, there's going to be a pandemic. We're going to be doing an online show. I better have these handies. <laughs> I don't, I don't exactly. think I have anything yeah, yeah. in here. To match. Yeah, what headlines do you have, Don? I don't I don't think I have anything in here. <clears throat> I've, I've got these also in my uh, in my this is like when when Don starts oh, talking yeah. to me, and I give him this business card. <laughs> the, the best way to use that is you're sitting down in a conversation with somebody and they're talking they're going through their thing and you just slide it on the table over to them and then Stop you look talking. and Don't then you care. look at them right in the eye and you just kind of like casually just walk away <laughs> when was the first time you saw one of those Dwayne Kuyper with the Giants I'll never forget it we were at Petco and um <clears throat> we were talking and he if you know Dwayne Kuyper, I mean, he, I just love everything about the guy. He's like a big brother to me. So I'm, I'm spewing stuff, talking, and he's just looking at me like this. Right? Like, I care, right? So all of a sudden, he just reaches in his pocket, and he hands me, and he just kind of goes like this, just hands me this. So I pick it up, and I look at it, and it says this. <laughs> and then he looks at me, walks away, he goes. <laughs> and I laughed so hard. So after... I went to uh, I went to uh, a local printing store and I got two hundred and fifty of each. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll bring them to parties. I'll bring them like to banquets and stuff like that. And if there's somebody there that I know, I'll say, "Oh yeah, I'll hand them this and they'll look at it." <laughs> they go, "Where did you get?" I go, "You can keep that. Pass it on." There you go. Oh, that's very nice. Uh, have you ever slid it over to Don on the air? Yeah. Donnie, have I ever done that? Yeah, yes, you have. The first time you actually, once you got him, that packet made. It's like a new toy. It happened to kind of rapid fire there for a while. You'd alternate between don't care and stop talking. It's <laughs> good advice for any broadcaster, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Less is more. Uh, all right, so Saturday coming up uh, would have been Tony Gwynn's 60th birthday. Uh, big MLB Network uh, day for him coming up. We'll talk about that in a few moments. But last night had the opportunity to catch up with a member, uh, one of our colleagues, a member of our broadcast team and a uh, Tony's son, Tony Jr. Nice uh, chance to chat, uh, talk a little bit about uh, watching some of these old games. What's that been like for him? Obviously able to offer a unique perspective and also life during quarantine for the Gwynn family. <laughs> All right, man, you are uh, you are a sight for sore eyes. Let me tell you, uh, how, how's how's quarantine life right now for you guys? Um, with four kids, it's it's chaotic. It is uh, four different Zoom meeting classes, four different. I, mean, I got to harken back to my. I try to harken back to like my sixth grade year, trying to remember this math that they're doing. Shout out to all the teachers, man. They're they're amazing what they can do. It's uh, absolutely remarkable. How many screens do you guys have activated at any given time in your house? Uh, it's usually five because at some point an iPad doesn't work for a Zoom meeting. So we got to pull a different one out. And then, you know, they all have a lot of amount of time that they can spend on it. So then I got to log in, give them more time. It's, it's chaotic to say the yeah. least. Yes. Yeah. How about you? 
we're dealing with one kid here and I'm thinking four is like, <laughs> I mean, I guess when they're a little older, right? Like they can do a yeah. few more things on their own. So that's a thing, but uh, I'm sure there are, there are other challenges. Uh, that yeah, they'll be over two. It's easy to, they kind of manage themselves. We just have to check in, make sure they're doing it. The other two, it's like all hands on deck. Yeah. Uh, crazy. All right. Well, uh, good luck. Continually, uh, continually to you guys. Uh, every, everybody's in that, man. And like you said, shout out to the teachers, because I, I don't know how they do this normally and how they're not paid millions of dollars a year, honestly. Right. Uh, it's it's crazy. Um, are you are you able to enjoy some of these old baseball games? It's like a, a good way we've all been filling time. I have been. I have been. Although I forgot to tape uh, tonight's episode. I think my dad's six hit game. Yeah. So I probably need to do that before too long. Um it's been fun. I, I had a lot of fun watching the 98 run, the playoffs, because um, those were some of the best teams in the National League at the time. Right. You got Houston with Randy Jones or Randy Johnson, the Braves with, you know, everybody that they had. And to watch the Padres just really march through both of those teams to get to a World Series. It was fun. It was a lot of fun going back, watching those games. Yeah, I think, you know, it was a lot of fun for a lot of us. And and as you said, to be able to handle Randy Johnson, you know, and, and Kevin Brown out pitch him in game one, especially is like, oh, this is a, a real thing. What do you remember? You know, you're 16 at the time yeah. uh, about like feeling about those series as, as you went into them. Well, you know, you had I'd been watching the Padres all year, so you kind of knew how good a team they had. Andy Ashby, who was right behind Kevin Brown in that rotation, was having a terrific season. And you just knew there was just a there was just a, a swag about those dudes when they walked into the locker room that they didn't care who was out in front of them. Um, now, that first matchup against Randy Johnson, I didn't feel all that great about it because, hey, I knew my dad's really if, if there was a pitcher that you could say he struggled against, it was Randy Johnson. And um so I wasn't feeling that comfortable, but once he got the double, Jim Leverage does his thing, you know, and they get game one, then for the rest of the series, you started to feel like, okay, this, this team, they might make some noise. And then they got through them and then they went to Atlanta and to see them take the first two games there, then you, you, you just, at that point, you felt like it was, it was destined. It's been a lot of fun to watch. More games, by the way, coming up Saturday on MLB Network. Uh, of course, would have been your dad's birthday. And, and so they've got kind of wall-to-wall Mr. Padre uh, coming up. So uh, everybody can can check that out. Like you said, the six-hit game uh, recently on Fox Sports San Diego uh, and and some other fun stuff from 89. I don't know if you watched the one, uh, the 89 game the other day, man. Mark Grant featured prominently getting yeah. stuff done at the play. AB and everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Mudcat enjoyed that, too, very much. Unbelievable. Um, as someone whose life has literally been dictated by the baseball calendar since you were born, how odd has all of this been these last few weeks? Super odd. I mean, maybe my first year out of out of ball uh, after I retired uh, may have had some similarities, um, but this is just different. I mean, to be almost into June and really have no schedule, it hasn't been like this for me since college right i mean since before i became a professional was the last time i really had a summer where i literally aren't doing it i'm not doing anything you know i i am at the house from pretty much up until i get on the air for for the radio show but other than that it's pretty much uh being a parent being a, a principal being a teacher you know being a a counselor trying to trying to fill all those hats uh the, the the one bright side is it has been fun to be able to spend this much time with my kids. I've been able to, to kind of lock in on some of the things that they find important. Um, all my kids are really into sports. So I've been helping them try to perfect their craft. And uh, I told them, I was like, this might be the only opportunity you ever get to, to really see what it's like to be somewhat of a professional, right? You, you, you got your schooling, but it's not in the same time frame that you normally have. And, you can kind of put some more work into your craft if 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 that's what you choose to do. Yeah, it's a good practice for time management, I guess. <laughs> what would you say if, if a guy, a player called you up and said, hey, what would you be doing right now uh, if, if you were still active, in, you know, in terms of trying to stay ready, but not overdoing it, not overthinking it, you know, swinging, T-work, whatever it might be. How, how would you be handling this if you were still playing? I would probably be in like that January mode. 
just trying to stay there until, you know, there was word of what was going to happen. Um, because you don't want to, you don't want to get too far outside of that mode. January is that month where, you know, you're closing in on spring training and you really want to be close to the point where when you land, when you get to wherever your spring training facility is, you can kind of hit the ground running. Anything less than that is going to take you another two weeks, three weeks to get to that point. So uh, I would be trying to stay in that January mode where you're, you're right at the point where you're, you're starting to, to, to peak. And when I say peak, I mean getting ready for spring training. So when you get there, everything uh, flows fluently. When they say baseball is a game of adjustments, obviously this isn't what they had in mind, but I guess baseball uh, players are probably to a certain extent, you know, wired to to be able to handle stuff like this because uh, there are so many tweaks that have to take place. Yeah. uh, I'm sure like myself right now, a lot of them are are finding themselves with far more time on their hand in a part of the year that they don't normally have. So that might be a little bit different, but I'm sure after the first week or two that these guys have been home, they figured out what the, what the right routine was going to be. You know, a lot of guys I've talked to, especially pitchers, they're still, they're throwing their bullpens or getting their two, three innings of hard bullpen work. They're doing it once a week, which is right where you would be leading into spring training. So uh, they're obviously were at a point when we all shut everything down where they were starting to get, they were probably past that point, moving closer to that five, six inning period. And so having the throttle back, I'm sure in some cases was wanted, in some cases not necessarily. Yeah. Talked to Cal Quantrill about that yesterday. He said he was like so close in spring training to having some of those longer outings. And then all of a sudden it gets shut down. It's uh, it's weird, you know, to say the least. And uh, everybody's in the same boat. So I guess that's an equalizer. At least it probably makes you feel a little bit better about it, as it does with all of us in our lives. Everybody's kind yeah. of dealing with things uh, the same way. And uh, most of us, fortunately, in, in kind of best case scenarios health wise, you ever just close your eyes at any point in the last couple of months and, and pretend you're in the booth and, and you can hear Teddy's voice booming next to you? All the time. I, I've, I've had, I've had, I've closed my eyes. I've had dreams about it. So, I mean, clearly my, my brain is telling me where I need to be, you know, but uh, it's been cool. I mean, listen, the, the throwback games, not only the Padres, but what you're finding on the MLB network, those, those are cool for a little bit, but at some point you, you want to get back to, you know, what, what's going on right now. And unfortunately, uh, the science is really where we really should dictate when when everybody gets back out there, because the last thing we want to do is get this thing started. Somebody gets sick and then we're, we're shutting it down again. I, I don't think that would benefit anybody. Let me ask you a question. And I was asking this pretty regularly of people for a while, uh, but not as much lately. But I, I'm very curious your opinion on it. Let's say health wise, things get better. Testing becomes widely available. We are able to do something. What's the number of games you think that needs to be played in order to like hand out the World Series trophy at the end of it? You know, because there's talk of like, all right, if we really have to wait several more months to be able to do something, maybe we just play a tournament, you know, just to do something and provide some kind of entertainment and to get the bodies doing something. But you wouldn't necessarily play a World Series. What What's the minimum number of games in your mind that we would have to have in order to say, all right, this is the championship team of 2020? My instincts say it's 75, 85, and that, that's probably the lowest you can go before it's like, you know, if you do hand out a World Series, is anybody really looking at it that way? Probably not. Um, and I, I probably would find people who would argue with me that 75, 85 is not enough either. So yeah. um, I, I'm cool if it's around that number. I think for sure what it would do was give you one of the most exciting regular seasons you could possibly ever have. I don't think there's any doubt about it, but I, I respect the fact that there are a lot of people who feel like, you know what, all these other champions have had to earn it through a long drawn out season. And, and maybe, you know, you hand out a championship and there's an asterisk next to it. I mean, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, baseball cliche number three, I believe is a marathon, not a sprint might not apply in 2020. Uh, <laughs> but uh, What does apply in 2020? That's, uh, no. that's, we live in. Everybody certainly needs to come in with an open mind to whatever happens in 2020, because you should you should assume that it won't be anything like you're you're used to saying. For sure. Uh, hey, man, thank you. Great to see you. And uh, stay sane over there, would you? And healthy. I- I'm going to do my best, man. I can't wait till we get back in the booth together. though. That'll be a lot of fun. 
Me too. Best of the family. You too, man. All right, Tony Gwynn Jr., as uh, we bring Don Orsillo and Mark Grant back to this thing, Tony mentioned having dreams about being at the ballpark, being in the booth. Raise your hand if you can relate to that. <laughs> I've had several dreams all the time. I mean, like, I want to say 70% of the time at some point I am dreaming that we're working. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I, dream, I, I dream of losing my pen or pencil, can't find it. Um, I also dream of road trips to where I've missed the charter. You know, and those have stayed with me since my playing days yep. because nothing worse than, oh, my gosh, you know, you wake up late or something. And I've never missed a charter, but that dream always enters my mind. Don, other than like the everyday office stuff, working in our office, anything as far as travel or Jesse? Oh, yeah. You, you guys. I miss, I miss planes all the time. I miss Dude. the charter all the time. <laughs> I, I do. I never for whatever reason can seem to have the right equipment with me to broadcast a baseball game. It's a really big issue. Like I, I never can find my scorecard. Yeah. Uh, I, I never can find, I can never find my, my pens, never find my pens. And the, you know, this has got everything in it. It's got like my IFP and all that stuff. I can never find this. And it's like, okay, so now I'm going to do the game without this, which is it, I'm always missing stuff and it's always very stressful. Yeah. I, uh, I have the scorebook one a lot. You know, I mean, where it's like, I'm there, I'm ready to go. I have no idea who these guys are. I don't have a scorebook. It's not a team I'm familiar with. You know, it's always like a worst case scenario. Uh, But yeah, lately, especially, it's like, there's nothing even remarkable happening in these dreams. I'm just having a dream that we're doing a game. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I still still have dreams getting a chance to pitch. As far as like, I can't find my stirrups. Oh my gosh, this might be my last start of my career. I'm I'm going out and trying to make a difference and have a good outing. And uh, what's that? I didn't see that. He was watching the ball fly. Over oh, side. yeah, yeah. And backing up third. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> you have to back up. The ball went over the fence. <laughs> Segway, by the way, can we roll some of the footage we've got? Uh, it was on, I think, Tuesday night on Fox yes, 14. it was. And I have a lot to say about this. I watched it, and I cannot believe it. A couple of things. First of all, longer getting to the mound from the bullpen. I mean, really. I ran in. There, there should not. Now I know why they had bullpen carts back in the day huh. because it took forever. But this, 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 oh, it's not you. This is oh, T. Okay. This is Tony. Yeah. He's, uh, oh, that's when I was on third. Okay. You score, you roll in rumbling, bumbling. <laughs> you get that, you get that helmet off as fast as possible to show your moss. Show what you got. Uh, it, it was unbelievable to me. Is this you again? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I want to see more pitching because you came in and you struck out three batters in a row and they were all, it was Williams. I'm trying to remember who else was in there. It was Clark and Mitchell, I think. Yes. It was unbelievable. And I'm watching it now. It's a bad side camera. So I couldn't really tell, but it looked like absolute slop. And I'm like, how is he getting anybody out and you're striking people out look at that i mean what, what well it was a the giants up. weren't even trying that night uh they they were just going up there they weren't even concentrating so uh the other thing is you ran they in. had it locked up they had the division locked up so they didn't even care so it was easy for me you come in you blow off dobson your pitching coach completely like you i was locked look, in you, you look right at your catcher and it's like let's go look at that it's just slop it's coming in it, it's not much on it <laughs> And it's like, how how is this happening? Oh, now we're back to watching you hit. I want to see more pitches because it, it was. I, you know, I had an opportunity to drive him some runs too. I was really upset. I didn't really get a good pitch. To, I, I think I took one hack. That's a ball. Sorry, Bob. Sorry, I, look at Joey Cora was on second. I could have drove him in. You just spit on that last one. Kurt Manwaring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a hack. Oh, yeah. Take some practice. Look. Uh, Oh, big oh very late, very late to that. I was trying to punch it through that right side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, the reason this game was on is, you know, it's like late in the season. It's, you know, Clark and Gwynn battling it out for the batting championship in the National League. But I, I think you might have stolen the show based on all the reaction I saw. Here's Matt Williams. Oh, this is the last out of the game. Nice pick. You know what, honestly, guys, I watched this. I have to be honest with you. This is my proudest moment of my favorite part of the whole evening coming up here. Uh, cause Tony and Will were battling it. I said, uh, congratulations to Joey and then Robbie LMR. And then, uh, I wanted to go congratulate t- Tony, give him some love knowing that tomorrow, the day game, Hey, let's wrap up a batting title tomorrow. Right. Big boy. So that, 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 that was my, uh, that was the thing that I was pretty, uh, Hey, how about the open, uh, web glove, Don and Jesse? Wow. Picture. Yeah. 
It's like an outfielder's glove. What's the story? You know what? I just honestly, uh, Don will appreciate this. Um, Dennis Eckersley used an open web glove, and I wow. thought it was pretty cool, <laughs> just for looks. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to an open web glove, and I did. That is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Another another classic game coming up tonight on Fox Sports San Diego at seven o'clock. Uh, we go forward a couple of years to 1993. Uh, Trevor Hoffman had been acquired uh, just a couple of weeks previous. Uh, from the then Florida Marlins, the expansion Marlins. And uh, you'll see him wearing number 34 as uh, he picks up his first save in a Padre uniform. He did, I think, have three or four uh, with the fish earlier in the year. Uh, but Trevor Hoffman's first save as a Padre from August of 1993, that game on tonight. And this was not a three-out deal, by the way. I went back and looked at the box score. They made Trevor work for it, and he did. It is so weird, guys, seeing him in that number 34, though. No question. And, you know, watching a little bit of that, it looks like he threw a lot harder than too. That's not me. I guess that's not much of a surprise at that stage of his career, mm -hmm. uh, but it's going to be fun to watch. I've really enjoyed watching these games. Um, it's been very helpful for me to see a lot of uh, past Padres games. I mean, I've known uh, gotten up to speed on the Padres organization and uh, famous stories and games that they've had over the years, but to actually watch them again for me has been very important. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Don, same here. Yeah, Don, you make a good observation because Trevor did throw like 96, 97 when he came up. And also the one thing that sticks out to me, maintain the same mechanics throughout his whole career. He always talks about, we always talk about repeating your delivery. Uh, there was no, uh, well, I mean, when you look at this, that, that's, that is, that's then and it was back in, you know, 1998, 2001, 2002 that Trevor had the same arm slot, same mechanics. And that's the one thing he preached. He said, you know what? maintain the same thing each individual pitch whether it's a fastball a changeup, or a breaking ball and he did just that tighter yeah. pants by the way yeah and say it was the early 90s uh, august of 1993 to be precise so that's uh, tonight again seven o'clock on fox sports san diego try and get these guys out of here they can eat their dinner i know they're uh, they're both hungry hippos uh, a couple of other quick <laughs> things to promote including uh tomorrow your guys a virtual padre game interleague play don is that correct it is true. We are taking on the Red Sox tomorrow night. Uh, it is game number, is this five for us? Five, I believe four, so. Five? Yeah. Five? yeah, it's five. Yep. Uh, so it's against the Red Sox. Eduardo Rodriguez, who had 19 wins last year for the Red Sox, matched up against Chris Paddock, his second start of our Friar Fridays. So we're looking forward to that. It should be a good matchup. Yeah, that's nice. It's a lot of fun. So you're trying to, you know, we lost Don Shula this week. You guys are trying to put together a perfect season. 4-0 so far, right? It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know how it happens, but we keep winning, and we are rolling right now. All right, we'll see what happens uh, in that game tomorrow night, 5.30. You saw all the places uh, you can watch it. We mentioned, of course, Saturday would be Tony Gwynn's, uh, would have been Tony Gwynn's 60th birthday, MLB Network, uh, taking full advantage of that. This is this is a pretty good day. If you're a Padre fan, obviously – Unfortunately, none of us have too much to do these days, so uh, why don't you plop yourself down on the couch about noontime, grab a sandwich, and uh, enjoy a full day celebrating uh, Mr. Padre's 60th uh, with that All-Star game. Scores the, the run, of course, one of the great, I think, pictures and highlights uh, of his career. Uh, the six-hit game, which we saw yesterday, is 3,000th hit in Montreal, and Game 5 of the National League Championship Series, 1984. That is all day long on Saturday. One little piece of business uh, for you guys before we go, though. Uh, Mud's shirt was a very hot topic of conversation early in the day. 100% cotton or Silo. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I'll admit <laughs> <I'm wrong. laughs> when I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I, I guess it's cotton. If if that is indeed the shirt's tag. Well, look, at there's a palm tree. Really we just get a very small look at that shirt. I'm not sure it's the same shirt. Uh, I'll go ahead and believe you. It, it's right here. <laughs> it's close. It's close. I still, I still think it's highly flammable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mother's Day on Sunday, by the way. You want to give some Mother's Day wishes? Yeah, I, I will first because I know my mother's watching. She loves Social Hour. Awesome. She, she's a huge Jesse Agler fan. Yeah. And so happy Mother's Day to my mom. Love your mom back in Connecticut. Yeah, happy Mother's Day, Marianne, back in Connecticut, and yeah. Sue, Sue Grant in, in Joliet, Illinois. Love my mom dearly. She's a saint, and uh, I love her very much. My mom and dad uh, kicking it in, in J-Town. And to Kathy and Mary also, since you guys left them out. Yeah, I those, those <laughs> guys too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, to, to my mom, Mindy, my wife, Tobo, is downstairs dealing with a screaming four-year-old. Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms out there. Hey, thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, oh, Jesse. Well. Donnie, all always right. good to see you, Jesse. Nice job. See you tomorrow, yeah. night, bud. Big tilt. See, you, see you tomorrow, Donnie. Padres Red Sox tomorrow at 5.30 on all your favorite Padres social channels. Uh, these guys will try and lead the virtual Padres to a 5-0 and record. A little May Gray out of Point Loma as the sun goes down. I uh, hope everybody has a great night. We'll be back uh, with another one of these shows on Monday at 5.30. And again, tomorrow, Don and Mud for the Padres and the Red Sox at 5.30. Stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.